Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. All right, well, good morning. If you would, open up your Bibles to the book of Numbers and find chapter 13. I'll be speaking out of that chapter today. Can you believe that today is the last Sunday in 2020? Amen. You know, some of us, yeah, it's an amen. Come on, let's just get this year behind us. Yes. But you know what? If we're not careful, we're going to spend too much time looking back and not looking forward. And if you, what happens is if you don't change, nothing else is going to change in 2021, except you're going to sign a different year. And so today I want to bring you a message of challenge to change. And so let me start off with praying. And what I would ask is while I'm praying, ask God to open up your eyes and help you know where you should change in 2021. God, uh, we thank you so much, God, that you were there with us every step of the way in 2020. Lord, we thank you for all that you are doing in our community, in our church. And Lord, I just ask that today you'll use the message that you've given me to show each of us where we should change in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, today of all days, normally I don't say this specifically, but we put those hot sheet note takers out there for you. And what I would ask is this is one of those days where you really want to grab one of those and take notes. Because I'm going to lay the foundation for your entire 2021. And there are going to be things that stand out to you. And um, before you get to the restaurant at lunch, you're going to forget about it. And so write these things down because uh, you'll have a much more uh, likelihood to remember it. And you'll have something to go back to um, as well as go back and watch the message. So please grab one of those note takers and use that. There's pins in front of everybody. Um, in every one of the seats. Well, Numbers 13 and verse 30, the word of God says this, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. You know, what you don't see here in this, those words are what has happened. And the children of Israel have just gotten released from uh, uh, 400 years of slavery in Egypt. They have just been uh, seeing the Egyptian army decimated. They are now on the doorstep of their future. They're now on the doorstep of what God has planned for them. And so Moses picked out 12 guys and he sent them in to Canaan. And he, he said, uh, for 40 days, I want you men to go in there and I want you to find and, and look where their, their strongholds are. Look what is waiting for us. And bring us back a report. Well, what happened was uh, those men did that for 40 days. And when they came back, I remember this song growing up in, in church singing. It says, 12 men went to spy in Canaan. 10 were bad and 2 were good. Now, I don't think that the 10 were bad. I think these were men of God. These were men who loved God. 
But these are men who, who looked at the circumstances instead of what God had planned for them. Because these ten men, they saw giants, they saw problems, and they saw defeat. Matter of fact, the words that they used were a land that devours its inhabitants. Matter of fact, you may have looked at 2020 as a year that devoured its inhabitants. But I'm here to tell you that you know what? 2020 has left us stronger here at Crossroads Church. And I believe that if you'll really do a close examination of your life, you will realize that 2020 has made you a better person. Because the alternative is if it didn't make you better, it might have made you bitter. And it's a choice we each get to make. But see, these two men, Caleb and Joshua, they gave a different message. What they saw was a land that flowed with milk and honey. What they saw was a land full of fruit. What they saw was that the victory was within their grasp. But the people listened to the crowd. The people listened to the ten men. And because of that, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. No one alive in that generation except for Joshua and Caleb saw the promised land. And I believe that right now, God is working in your life and God is preparing you today for a victory tomorrow. Now that tomorrow might be three months from now, six months from now, or next year. And I don't mean 2021, I mean maybe 2022 or 2025. You know, when I look back, I see that God took me through things when I was in the military that prepared me for the last two years leading Crossroads Church. It's interesting, today I am like those uh, men who went and spied. God has shown me what's on the other side of the mountain. And I've come back to tell you about it. I've come back to challenge you to join me in going in to that promised land as a church. But the way that we go into that promised land as a church is for each of us as individuals to say yes. To take that step of faith. And you know, sometimes you're going to take a step of faith and you're scared. But guess what? When you're locked arms with the rest of us, sometimes your feet are going to be off the ground, but we're still moving forward and you're going to be moving with us. But sometimes what happens is we isolate ourselves. We, we withdraw from the, the church and the support that it brings. And the church moves on and we get left behind. I don't want that to happen to you today. And so I'm going to bring to you a couple challenges this week and next week. And I want to show you how that you can make 2021 different than 2020. You can make 2021 different than any year that you've ever lived. You can make 2021 a year where you see God work in your life in that powerful way. We've got five steps, all right? Each of us need to take all of these steps, but some of us are only ready to take one of these steps, all right? Only you know where you're at in this equation. And so the first step that we have to be willing to take when it comes to get on the bus is this. You got to get in. You got to get in to get on. What do I mean by that? Uh, here's what I'm here to tell you is that I believe, we here at this church believe that God created everything in the world. We believe that God created you for a purpose and he wants to have an individual relationship with you. If you're sitting here today and you have never ever established that relationship with, you know, coming to church doesn't do it. 
If it did, you know, there'd be a lot more people living a lot different lives. But just coming to church doesn't establish that one-on-one relationship with Jesus Christ. And here's what, you know, I hear this a lot. And that is, how could a loving God send people to hell? And, And the truth of the matter is that he doesn't send anybody. We choose. He gives us a free will. And here's what's interesting. He sent his son to do what none of us could do. He's made it so easy. Um, And here's what I want to tell you is that eternity is way too long for you to get this wrong. This is the most important decision you'll ever make. This is the most important decision that will affect your life. And if you miss this, you don't get another chance when you stop breathing, when your heart stops beating. When you pass from time into eternity, there are no do-overs. There are no mulligans. And the Bible makes it so simple. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, he said these words, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then he adds to it in verse 10 where he says this, for with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so it's not the act of confessing it, It's what the overflow of the heart, the Bible tells us, proceeds out of the mouth. So there are people who, the Bible tells us that the devils, the demons, know. And yet they'll never experience heaven in eternity. And so don't ever make that mistake of just doing something or saying something. It's, It's right here. It's in the heart. It's at the soul level. You know, most pastors finish the sermon with a call to this. I'm starting it because this is the way that we need to go into 2021. And I'm here to tell you, over the next 15 to 20 minutes, you need to be thinking about, is your eternity secure? Because if it's not, none of these other steps that I'm going to share with you make a difference. It it will improve your life here on earth, but it won't help you in eternity. So the second step that we need to be willing to do beyond make a public profession of faith and and follow uh, the Lord in obedience and baptism is we need to find purpose. You know, a purpose-driven life is the number two seller of all books of all time. The number one seller is God's Word, the Holy Bible. Number two seller is a purpose-driven life. Why? Because everybody wants to know why they're here and what they're supposed to be doing. I'm convinced that I'm looking at a room full of people who want to know why and what. And I believe that you can know that. You see, I believe that you were created on a purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. I believe that God didn't sit or save us to sit here in this church. God saved us to go out and serve. And I'm here to tell you, we are serving. You know what? Serving is the way you experience ministry. I watch this as our church uh, over the last month have delivered uh, almost a dozen beds. I watch this as you all, even today, are gathering clothing for somebody in our community, in our church community that has a need. I've watched it when you gave a water heater to help one family. I watched it when another one, we put a car starter in for them. I watched it when another one, people are getting rides to church. I watched it and took part of it just uh, two weeks ago where 28 of us gathered and over in the garage, Ashton and I were lifting up those pews like He-Man 
and, and moving them around. They were heavy, weren't they, Ashton? Woo! But I didn't want Ashton to know I thought they were heavy. So I acted. I walked around the corner, and I'm like, Do you notice how fast I left after that? Yeah. I had to go get a breath. You see, serving is the way that we experience ministry. Serving is the way that we are the church. You know, we talked about this when COVID happened and we shut our services down. And, and, I, and I brag about this. I got a t-shirt that said, the church has left the building. <laughs> Literally. And I preached here every Sunday to me and Carrie and Jake and Josh and Brittany. And then one service, one other guy showed up. He didn't get the memo. You know why he showed up? Because he got invited. He got invited. Amazing. You know, here's what I want you to understand. Well, you don't have to understand the plan that God has for your life to un or to trust that he has a purpose. See, here's the problem. The plan sometimes isn't what we would plan. The plan isn't what we had uh, in mind. The plan sometimes takes us through the valley. The plan sometimes leaves us stranded on the side of the road. The plan sometimes causes us to lose relationships. But God's purpose never changes. The purpose that you were born for, that God gave you on the day of... Matter of fact, not on the day of your birth, before then. That purpose never changes. But you know what? Sometimes God needs to change our character. Sometimes God needs to refine us. Sometimes God needs to work on us. And it hurts. It hurts when he takes the file and, and rubs down that rough area. It hurts when he uh, has to break us because of our pride. It hurts when God works in our lives, when he works his plan in our lives. But I'm here to tell you that the hurt is worth it. I'm here to tell you that everything that you go through is worth it to see God change lives because of you. And here's what, when it comes to our purpose, you know, I want us to reach our God-given potential. And, and there's a bio, you know, and, and here's how, how do we do that? Well, we have a God-given purpose. You, you had that since birth. You've got to add, sprinkle a little bit of action, a little bit of do something. And when you combine those two things, it equals to living out God's purpose in your life. Well, the Bible tells us this very plainly in Colossians 1, verse 16, with these words, everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him and you know one thing i love about scripture is scripture confirms scripture and so you jump over to ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 the verse reads this for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we should walk in him see that we should walk in the plan and so what does that mean well his purpose is that we should walk in good works a lot of times we get stuck in church and we say, well, those good works are reading the Bible. Those good works are praying. Yes, they are. But those good works probably have less to do with you and more with what are you doing with others. You see, that's the way Jesus handled it. He came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. 
He died on the cross for me. He died on the cross for you. And, and that's why he's left us here, is so that we could do for others. You know, sometimes his plan takes us on a path that we wouldn't have chosen. But you know what? He wants us to continue in the good works. While we're on that plan, um, we may find out that, you know what? Life doesn't make sense right now. I don't understand God. You know, I surrendered. I came back to church. Why did the bank account empty? Why did all of these bad things happen to me? I'm here for you, Lord. And the reality is that we make bad decisions that have consequences. And, and God is not a genie to wipe those away for us. We've got to work ourselves out of those. Because God has a plan He's got to refine. He's got to change you. He's got to change your character. He's got to change who you are at the soul level. And the only way he can do that is sometimes through the tough things in life. But here's what I'm telling you. He's preparing you for a future purpose. He's preparing you for something great. And I don't care if you're 8 or 88. God is still using you and he's got a purpose in a, a six-year-old girl right here where I am standing shared the message we need to find our purpose so we need to get in if you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior today's the day we need to find our purpose every one of us have a purpose you know what the babies in the nursery God's got a purpose for their lives All of the pre-K in the next room over, God's got a purpose for each and every one of those children. And all of those kids running wild in Kids Quest right now. I, I know it seems like, well, it, you know what, maybe not. But God has a purpose for every one of them. Amen. We need to. Here's a, the third step that we have to be willing to take, and that is we've got to invite somebody. You know what, um, I've heard that it's nice to go to a friendly church. And, and I believe Crossroads Church is a friendly church. I mean, you come in here, you're going to get greeted with love. But the reality is this, that it's better to go to church with a friend than to go to a friendly church. Matter of fact, if you watch your, your um, people who go to church, they go to church where other people that they like, that their friends are. Here's the reality. Your friends are listening to a, a radio station that you're not familiar with. It's called WIIFM. What's in it for me? See, you want to invite your friends to church. You want them to come to church so that it, you look good. And your friends want to know what's in it for me. Why should I go to church? And so if you want your friends to come to church, you better tell them what's in it for them. You better tell them, you know what? Our preacher, it's like he's reading your email. He tells you things that your wife or husband know, and only them. And they didn't contact him. And let me share with you, just that there's a, the Bible tells us very clearly in Luke 14, 23, and Jesus shared this parable, and he said in verse 23, And the master said unto them, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be full. That is a direct correlation to the, the kingdom of heaven. Our expectation is that we are trying to compel people to get into church 
so that they can hear the gospel message, so that one day they can make the most important decision of their lives. One day, when you're walking around heaven, there's a song about thank you, and this guy's walking around, and, and he was a Sunday school teacher, and people were walking up to him, thanking him. That's what heaven's going to be like. You know, one day, somebody, I believe, is going to walk up to Harlow and say, well, you don't remember me, but, you know, there was a Christmas Eve where you danced for God, and it broke my heart. I believe that there are people sitting in these chairs and you're going to be walking around heaven and you're going to be clueless. They're going to walk up to you. You don't remember me, but I saw you in Walmart and somebody was rude and, and, and you weren't. And I started watching you because there was something different about you. And I started stalking you on Facebook. It might not be good for some of us. Let me give you a little tool to help you invite people to church. It's called the three knots. All right? This is what I call low-hanging fruit. If you don't get that, it's a no-brainer. That means you don't have to have a brain to know this makes sense. But if you hear any one of these three knots, you owe it to the person who says this to invite them to Crossroads Church. And here's what it is. If you hear them say, life is not going well. My job is not going well. My marriage is not going well. That is an invitation to church. If you hear them say that they're not prepared for this, they may be pregnant or their wife may be pregnant. And they're saying, you know what? I'm not prepared. This is our first child or our eighth child. I'm not prepared for this. If they say, I'm starting a new job, I'm not prepared for this. If they say, I lost my job, I'm not prepared for this. That's an invitation to Crossroads Church. They're begging you to invite them. And the third thing is if they tell you that they're not attending church, you would be amazed that if you would just ask the question, where do you go to church? They'd probably find a, a church real quick because they know what's coming next. And just invite them. And you'll be amazed at what happens. The three knots. And, and if you look on your um, hot sheets, there is paper clip two of these cards. Folks, use these. Hand this to them. And it, it says simply, a, a new church for you to call home, Crossroads Church. And on the back, a new name, same mission. To bring good news to the poor. Do you think that that's a good thing in Centralia? Yes. You better believe it. To bind up the brokenhearted. Do you come across people who are brokenhearted? I know right now in this room there are people whose hearts have been broken. To proclaim liberty to the captives. You may not be wearing chains that we can see, but you know they're there. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim 2021, I added that, the year of the Lord's favor. Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. And you can tell them, look at these two upcoming message series. One of them is called People Problems. Oh, did anybody here have people problems? Here's what I was told when, uh, by many pastors. They said the best thing about pastoring the church is the people. I said, amen, I'm excited. And he goes, but the worst thing about pastoring the church is the people. So you just got to figure out which side of the bed you're going to uh, wake up on. And so there's a series, three-week series, where I'm going to take God's word and I'm going to show you there's three categories of people. 
and I'm going to show you how to handle that. Because you're in one, if not all three of those categories, and one of those categories is hurting. And you, you want to be here for that. Fearless. You know what? I think fear not is one of the most common phrases in Scripture. And we as Christians have no reason to because the Bible tells us he's not created us with a spirit of fear. So there's two three-week series that you should come to and you should bring, invite a friend. Remember, it's, it's better to go to church with a friend than to go to a friend in church. The next step is that you need to choose community. If you want to have a different year in 2021, you've got to realize that you want to get on the bus, not on the unicycle. You know, the unicycle is a carnival act. The uni nobody, I've never seen anybody riding around um, town on a unicycle. They usually get on a bicycle. But you know where the people who are, are really getting around in Centralia? They found out these the SCT buses. And they get on one of those and it takes them where they're needing to go. They get a lot further faster. And the reality is this, that in your spiritual life, you need to pick the vehicle that's going to help you go to the next level. And I'm here to boldly tell you that is Crossroads Church. God has established this church to take you to the next level, to allow you to live out your God-given purpose, what you were ordained by your creator to do. You know, Henry Cloud said this, that people are God's plan A for changing people. And a lot of times when I invite people to, to be in community, a lot of times what happens is instead of um, becoming part of that, they think about, you know, well, there's nothing, you know, that I need or I want to get. And they don't realize that you have so much to offer the other people. That's why we're community. Matter of fact, Charlie Jones has this famous quote, and he says, five years from today, you will be the same person you are today, except for the books you read and the people you meet. And I'm here to tell you that there is a high caliber of people walking around on this campus today. There are people who have hit rock bottom and have turned to God, and God has restored what the enemy took away. And they'll tell you, it didn't happen in one week. It happened over months and over years, and today they're living out their God-given purpose. They're happy. They're excited. You can do that. But the reality is that if you spend 2021 hanging out with yourself, you're not going to change. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be hurting. You're going to be alone. How many people enjoyed quarantine? It's horrible. I, who come up with that? Two weeks in isolation. Matter of fact, um, I remember when it first started, there were these two corgis that were just like, you know, like at each other. And it was saying that that was the average married couple in quarantine. <laughs> what about the people who didn't have a husband or wife? Didn't have children? It's miserable. Choose community. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, and let us consider this. To stir up. Now, you guys, some of you guys are really good at stirring things up. Yes, ma'am, you can. She's gifted. Be good to her. But here's what you need to stir up. You need to stir up love. Not just love 
and what does it say? What are we supposed to be doing? We were ordained by God to live out good works. And we need to be living out those good works. We need to get together and stir. I love you. I love you, Carla, that you stir things up. You challenge me. You make me a better pastor. <laughs> Folks, I mean that. Carla loves God. Carla loves seeing this church grow. Yep. Three days ago, I watched a whole row and a half. She's not the only family like that, Brandon. <laughs> I watched a guy who got thrown out of his house, and the day before Christmas Eve, his dad called him up and said, I'm sorry. Amen. And his dad was here Amen. on Christmas Eve. Folks, God's working. If you'll just get out of his way and do what he tells you, God will take you as bad as you are, as broken as you are. If he can do it with this guy, he'll do it with you. You just got to get out of the way. Now watch this. The rest of the verse says, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. And here's what I want to challenge you. No pastor has ever done this. But my challenge to you is this. Do not miss a Sunday between now and Easter. 13 Sundays. There's unless God himself shows up on your the foot of your bed and says don't go tomorrow. Be in church every Sunday between now and Easter and watch what happens. Watch what God does in your life. You'll be amazed. I won't. God won't. Those of us who've walked that walk won't, but you'll be amazed what God does in the next hundred days. Ecclesiastes tells us that it's better to, to be with someone else because if, if one falls, the other's there to help them up. And that a triple braided cord is the strongest thing out there. Folks, th these are the people you want to surround yourself and get tied up in life with. Because there's people outside of this campus that are going to tear you down. They're going to hurt you. They're going to say things about you that are mean. And you're going to listen to them. You're not going to listen to God's word. You're not going to listen to this pastor. And you're going to isolate yourself. And you're going to get outside. And, and they're going to take you a different direction in 2021 than God had planned for you. In two weeks, we're going to be starting back up our life groups. I challenge you. Find a life group. Even if it's just for people problems for three weeks, give it a shot. I've not met anybody that's truly given life groups a shot that says, you know what, that, that was, I didn't like that. What happens is you'll find out. Isn't it fun to walk into church and somebody yells your name? Because it's not like when your older sister yelled your name. I remember one time I, uh, I got in trouble at school. I know that's probably surprising you all. I got in trouble at school. And um, my sister had a way of, of getting me when my parents found out about that. She would walk to the bottom of the steps. I'm upstairs. And she would yell up the, top, the stairs, Ronnie Wayne Tabor. And I'd stick my head around, and then she'd walk up the steps. 
And then, and then as I'm looking at her, she goes, Mom and Dad want you. So she knows I'm about to get a whooping. And that day I went down and my dad broke a cutting board on my tail end. Now I know today he'd go to jail for that. Thankfully he's in heaven and, you know, the no more spanking for me. Now, now I get them from God. I, I sometimes wish it, Dad would be back with that stuff. <laughs> They're a lot easier. Get over with those quicker. Let me share the last step with you. So we need to get in. You need to establish a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Today is the day. You need to find your purpose. God's got one for you. You need to be inviting people. Matter of fact, I want it to be our goal as a church that everyone in Centralia gets invited to Crossroads Church. There's only 13,000 people. We got this, folks. Hey, guys, we are ready to have a balcony. You don't know when they built this building, they built it for a balcony. So, so there is no reason for us not to be inviting. You need to choose community. Folks, don't go alone. Get on the bus. Boy, the bus ride is a lot funner. Matter of fact, there's a couple of characters in this church that is really fun going on the bus with them. And the last thing I want to share with you is you need to be willing to live generously. And when I talk about living generously, um, I always talk about three things. You need to be able to live generously with your time. You need to be able to live generously with your talents. And you need to be able to live generously with your treasure. So let me talk about time just for a second. You know, time is not unlimited. All of us, one day, are going to breathe our last breath. We're going to, our heart's going to beat. Some of us, it's going to be a surprise to all of us that it was this week. Time is not measured in hours, but in opportunities. And here's what I would ask you. How many opportunities are walking by you every day that you let walk by? That you don't ask the question. You don't reach out to them. And time does not belong to anybody but God. He controls it. He can stop it. He can do anything he wants to with it. Are you living generously with your time? If you say, I just don't have any time in my schedule, you're not. There's some things in your, your, your schedule that need to get out so that you can live a life generously for God. Folks, you ain't got to give everything up, but you do got to give some things up. What about your talent? Are you living generously with your talent? Are you, are you ready to live out your God-given potential? God has prepared you. God has established you. And some of you are, are expecting, um, you know, the biggest thing when God just needs you to do the little thing. And you're afraid of the big thing and all he wanted you to do was say hi to the person in front of you. And the last thing I'll tell you about is to live generously with your treasure. And when it comes to this, there are three questions we all answer. And here are those three questions. Number one is, am I going to give? Am I going to give of my time? Am I going to give of my talent? Am I going to give of my treasure? You know, it, it's interesting I hear that nobody likes the preachers to preach on giving. The only people I hear that from, though, are the people who aren't giving. You know what? Those that, are, that, that have given have seen God bless their lives, you know what? They get excited when a preacher talks like this. Let me say something else. 
Um, if you're here today, this sermon was uh, established about 12 weeks ago. You know, because I get that one. Oh, every time I show up, the pastor. Look, I've probably only preached on giving three or four times since I've been here. You know, um, I, God's got this church taken care of. And he's going to continue to take care of this church. All right? He doesn't need it as much as you do. I'll get this question. I'm on fixed income. Do I need to be? You probably more than anyone else need to, God to, to establish himself in your life and to pour out his favor and to allow him to work. You know, there's some folks here that are, are wealthy beyond means. And it's harder for them to give than for you. Second question you've got to ask yourself is, can I give more than dollars? I'm watching it right now, that there are a, a group of you that are bringing in clothing. Some of you brought them in today and over the next two or three days, and we're going to go and bless a family with that. Others are, are giving things besides dollars. It's incredible to watch this happen. And then the last question is, is how can I increase my giving? Some of you are still on number one, and that's okay. And in reality, number one is it's a matter of faith. Do you believe God's word? Will you trust God? He's never let me down. He's allowed me to walk through some valleys. He's taken me into some scary places, but he's never let me down. Some of you are, are struggling with, can I give more than dollars? And, and you're happy just to write a check. And one of the things when I came to this church is I realized we needed to get beyond that. We needed to get beyond just writing checks. Because that's easy. That, that's like a sterile environment. You know what? It, it, it gets dirty when you go into somebody's house and you love on them. And you see them, not as they come in here on Sunday, but you see them the way they live every day. And I've loved going with dozens of you to do that. Whether it's the beds or whether it's just going in and helping somebody. Or a birthday party. Woo! And some of you are struggling with, how can I increase my giving? I just want to share with you that uh, Carrie and I made it an a intention in 2020. We, I, we've given more than we've ever. Not only have we given more here in church, but we've given more to people in the community than ever. And yes, and you see her with her talent. And so you've got to ask yourself, how can I do this? You don't have to give me the answer. The answer goes to God. And so let's do, I want to finish with this verse in Joshua chapter 14 and verse 12. And, and so Caleb, he started off and he said, we are ready to conquer. Let's go. And the people didn't listen and they had to wander and they had to die off over that 40 year time. So here we are 40 years later. Joshua has led the people. They've conquered the land of Canaan. And he goes back and he reminds Joshua, do you remember when Moses said that all of the land that I walked on, that was to be a heritage to my people? That's what's happening here in Joshua 14, verse 12. He goes, I want that mountain. I wonder how many of you want the mountain that God has promised. Want the promise, the purpose, to be able to, to step out in faith in 2021 and not run and hide. Eighty years old. Matter of fact, if you read in Joshua 14, he says that I'm I'm as strong today as I was 
when I walked around those mountains. And, and here's the reality that I don't know if it was 40 years ago for you, but here's what I know about this guy. 31 years ago, I knew what God's purpose and plan for my life was, and I ran out on him. And for 28 years, I went through a wilderness. I grew. I got stronger. But at the end of those 28 years, I wanted to get back in to the promised land. And, and I'm convinced that many of you have had an encounter with God and you walked away. You abandoned him. You said, God, I'm not ready for it. I was in Bible college and I prayed, God, get me out of here. The next day, my mom calls and said, hey, can you take a semester off and stay with your dad? I took a semester off and I never went back. Until I'm in the military with a wife and two kids. And then I started to finish in what I started. Today's a day. You're back. You know what God has put in your life. You know the challenge that God has asked you to take on. You know what he needs you to do. The question is, are you going to do it or are you going to wander in the wilderness some more years? Decide today. Would you stand to your feet? Here's the reality. Here's the decision that you need to make. Number one, am I going to get in? If you have not asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior today, right now is the time. You're going to have to ask yourself, um, am I going to follow God's purpose? Am I going to live out what God has planned for me? Maybe you need to ask yourself, how and who can I invite? God's put them on your, your heart. And you know, you know what? I'm afraid to give them this card. But are you going to step out in faith and do it? You know what? All I said was invite them, not get them here. Holy Spirit will take care of that. Maybe some of you here need to make the decision that you're going to get in community. That you're, you're, you're tired of walking out there all by yourself. You're tired of, of trying to do this spiritual life without help. And maybe today you're answering the question, am I going to live generously? I've asked the prayer team to come up on both sides. You see them standing over here. And we're going to uh, start singing, I have decided to follow Jesus. And, and if you're at a point right now that you could use some prayer, the Bible tells us where two or three are gathered together, there I am. I encourage you to, see, there is no decision without action. You can't decide sitting in that chair and do nothing with it. And I would be derelict as your pastor to allow you to do that. So if you realize that you don't want 2021 to be like 2020, today's the day. Today's the day to take a step out. Just walk over to one side or the other and just let them know, hey, would you pray with me about this? Because I want to see God work in your life. I want to see God do things that you never, that, that you thought, well, that was 20 years ago. He's not going to do that today. No, you don't know the God I know. God will redeem that time. He will, he will rebuke what the devourer has taken away from you. But you got to make a decision and you got to step out. Let's sing. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.